Hey, good morning once again, everybody. So glad to see you today. Great time of worshiping the Lord as we offer up our voices to him. And um, now we're, we're shifting gears and we're jumping into his word. And, and so we're offering our ears and our hearts at this moment to be able to just say, God, you're wanting to speak to us. We know every time that we go to your word that you've got something for us. And so as we shift gears and we jump back into his word this morning, I want to let you know that we've just finished a week of prayer and fasting here at South Suburban, just a, a season of taking some time to, to tune out all the other voices, because how many of you guys know there's a lot of voices in this world? Let's be honest, there's a lot of voices in this room. You live with a lot of voices. There's a lot of voices that you've grown up with, but there's only one voice that really, really matters when you're getting ready to move forward, and that's the, the voice of our God. And so we've taken this time just to say, Lord, we've got some big things in our life, big things in this church that we want to hear from you. And uh, so we've, we've taken that time. And with that in mind, we've been spending the last five weeks looking together at the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. And before we, before we jump into that, First um, Timothy chapter 2 says, first of all, pray. It, it ought to be the very first thing that we turn to in our life, prayer. Not discussion, not debate, not research, prayer. How many of you guys know that that's a difficult thing for us oftentimes? We get into decision mode, we get into research, we want to know, and the first thing that we ought to do is pray, Scripture tells us. It ought to be our first response instead of our last resort. It ought to be something that comes to mind first rather than something that we have to be reminded of. You ever been in one of those situations where you know that prayer is important, but you guys have already started down a path and somebody says, wait a second, we need to stop and we need to back up and we need to pray. And you feel a little bit embarrassed because you know that that's how we should start everything. Scripture is really big on this. First of all, let's pray. So Jesus taught this prayer to the disciples. We've been looking at this over the last five weeks uh, many know this prayer is the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer that was never meant to simply be memorized and recited, though. Jesus actually warned us against just repeating prayers without engaging our mind. You don't have to raise your hand if you've fallen prey to that. A lot of times we do things without engaging our mind. Can I get an amen on that? That's true. We do a lot of things without engaging our mind. Jesus warned us against it. We need to understand what it is we're saying, and we need to pray it from our heart. Because the Lord's Prayer is not just about the words that come out of your mouth. It's actually about the posture of your heart. And we're going to look at that a little bit more today. God is much more concerned with your heart than with your words. And for some of you who maybe struggle with words, that's a great thing. For those of you who have a lot of confidence in your words, you better take heed. God's not flattered. He's not impressed by your words. He looks beyond those and he's looking at your heart. And this prayer is a prayer that talks about the posture of our heart, not just the words of our mouth. So this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, is actually an outline that Jesus laid out for us. And in this outline, Jesus lays out worship, surrender. He lays out provision and forgiveness and protection as all part of this Prayer And Jesus teaches us that the aim of our prayers is less about getting God's attention and more about giving him ours. 
There's a businessman that was praying one day at the end of a church service, and he'd come up front to the altar because he thought that was where God hears people. And he comes to the front altar, and he's praying because his business has this big merger that they're stepping forward into, and he wants God's wisdom, and he wants his direction as, as all of us should. But there was a loud prayer right beside him. Anybody ever had a loud prayer before you? beside you, and it was hard for him to focus, and this person beside him was praying really loud, desperate for God to move, and it was such a, a petty thing to this businessman. The guy just, all he needed was $100 to pay bills for the family, but this guy kept praying on and on and on, and he got louder, and he got more passionate, and finally the businessman gets up, he takes his wallet out, he throws $100 down, and he says, now, God, that I have your full attention, can we get back to my, listen, Prayer is not about you trying to get God's attention. It's about you giving him your attention. It's the most important part of this. And as we begin our final week in this study today, I want to read for you once more the Lord's Prayer found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. You can follow along with me on the screen. It says, pray then like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Hey, our final section on the Lord's Prayer is indeed the final line. It's the final sentence, the closing summary of this whole prayer, for thine is the kingdom, or for yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Now, as we get started in this, I want to let you know, we need to step back for just a moment and, and acknowledge something here. As you look in your Bible translation today, there's a very high percentage chance that this line is not in your, in your Bible. And that's because this was not in the original manuscripts. In other words, Jesus didn't actually pray this line. It was something that was added later on in the King James Version, which a lot of people have become familiar with. It's what a lot of the people who've memorized the Lord's Prayer have included, ours in included. This last phrase was never spoken by Jesus, but it's actually spot on when you, it comes to being very biblical and accurate. So that it's not wrong. I just want to point out to you, as you look in your passage today, in your, in your Bible, or as you go home, or as you pull it up on your mobile device, and you go, wait a second, where did this come from? It wasn't actually words that Jesus spoke. But again, it's spot on, and here's why it's so important for us. This is such a great summary sentence that recenters us it refocuses us on what is important about this prayer, why this is so strategic. It summarizes what this prayer has been all about. It's all about God. It's all by God, and it's all for God. It's a summary line, and that's what we're going to do today as we wrap up this series. Let's look at it together. When we pray, yours is the kingdom. We're reminded that this is, in fact, all about his kingdom. It's all about his kingdom. See, this prayer and our hearts should be focused first and foremost on advancing God's kingdom. There was a doctor who wrote the book of Acts. His name was Luke, and he opens this 
book, this writing, by saying this. After his crucifixion, he, Jesus, appeared to the apostles and proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And on these occasions, he talked to them about the kingdom of God. For 40 days, Jesus taught his disciples about the kingdom of God. And we've discovered over the past couple of months as we've looked at this, what the kingdom of God looks like. Now, we've looked at snapshots. It takes a long time to be able to look at the fullness of the kingdom of God. That's a whole nother sermon series. But here's what we have identified over the past couple of months. What the kingdom looks like is grace and truth. It's freedom and purpose. It's salvation and sacrifice. It's the fullness of what Jesus brought to this world. See, our problem is oftentimes we get our priorities mixed up. We get things switched around, and we start thinking that it's about our kingdom and advancing our agenda. And our priorities start to drift, or they start to move, and and it happens. In fact, the Bible tells us that when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, are you going to free Israel now and restore our kingdom? See, his disciples actually had a political agenda, and that was to see the Roman government overthrown and their kingdom reestablished. And oftentimes, we fall into that trap. We fall into the trap. We start looking for things to be restored to the way that we want them. We start thinking that things ought to be a certain way in our minds. And in this world, and quite honestly in, our, in many areas of our life, we want to see things restored our way. We want to see things turn about or come about our way. And this is what the disciples were asking him. Are you going to overthrow the Romans and get our kingdom back? And Jesus' response, it's not about your kingdom. It's about God's kingdom. In fact, Jesus said, that's that's why I came. You, You think that... I came for your agenda or for your purpose. I actually came to advance the kingdom, and you're a big part of that. Your redemption is a part of God's kingdom. Jesus had to refocus them and say the kingdom of heaven, this reality is that it doesn't oftentimes line up with our agenda. In fact, our worldly agendas don't advance his kingdom at all. Our agendas advance our kingdom And that's why he's saying this is really important for us to make sure that we're focusing here. This is about his kingdom. We'd be really wise to take a tip from John the Baptist and realize that in order for his kingdom to increase, ours needs to decrease. We need to be able to lay things down and just say, God, this is about you. Help me to refocus and recenter myself. This is about you, and I want to lay this down. You know what I love about Jesus just with his honesty is that he, he confesses to us that there's a lot of important things in our world and in our life. Um, food in your cabinets is important. Clothes on your back, it's important stuff. He doesn't say that it's not important. He says, but there is something of most importance, first importance, and that's God's kingdom. It's first. It ought to be our highest priority. It ought to be the thing that we take up the banner to move forward. And so we pray, God, it's all about your kingdom, yours 
is the kingdom. Secondly, we pray, and the power. So yours is the kingdom and the power. It's all through his power. It's all through God's power. It's the Holy Spirit of God, the scripture tells us, empowers us, equips us, gives us wisdom, gives us words, gives us encouragement, gives us boldness. And in his word, God tells us that it's not by your might, it's not by your power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's through his power. There's two more passages in Acts I want to look at very quickly as the author Luke is writing again. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then he writes a little bit later in Acts chapter 4. After this prayer, the building where they were meeting shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached God's message with boldness. And here's what I want you to see in this. God's Spirit is the power behind all that is done for his kingdom. It's all about his Spirit empowering us to advance his kingdom. See, we have, uh, we have gifts, we have power, we have authority, we have influence. Each one of us does, and God has given us those, and we use them to build our kingdoms oftentimes. But God is making it very clear that it's his spirit that is the power behind all that is done for his kingdom. And just like sometimes we get our priorities confused, and we start thinking that it's about our kingdom and our way. In the same way, sometimes we think that it's by our power. And we start thinking that God is really lucky to have us on his team. And we get a lot of confidence in who we are and the abilities that we have. And we just think that God is, is very fortunate that we chose his kingdom. And we think it's, it's about us and it's by us, and it's about our gifts. And let me just back up a moment here and remind us all that each one of us, when we were in our mother's womb, God planted gifts inside of us, talents, abilities inside of us. They were his gifts that he entrusted to us. It's his spiritual gifts, his power, his spirit that has placed these gifts. And we start to think that they're ours. And we start to think that it's about us. And this is just a beautiful reminder, maybe a tap on a shoulder, whatever it takes for us to just go, wait a second. This is really about his kingdom. And it's by his power. And we need to be recentered in that. And we need to have confidence that God has blessed us with certain things. He's given us gifts. He's given us abilities. He's given us talents. And he's called us to use them. If you're not using your talents, let me just say this. God had bigger plans for those talents than you just investing them in your kingdom. He had way bigger plans for those. God's kingdom is built by his power, by his gifts that he's deposited inside of you. So we remember this. It's all through his power. And the Apostle Paul wrote this to the believers in Christ. He said, this kind of work is not by men's power, lest any man should boast, lest any of us should get big heads thinking that we're something, that God is lucky that we're on his team. 
He said, in fact, when I shared, it was not with eloquent human words that I spoke, but with the Spirit's power. God's Spirit is the power behind all that is done for his kingdom. It's about his kingdom. It's by his power. Now we come to the final phrase in this prayer. And that phrase is, and the glory. So we pray, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And we're reminded it's all for his glory. What is the kingdom about? What is the spirit about? It's all to lift and elevate God to his rightful position as the king over all creation. This is not only to build his kingdom, but it's so that he will be glorified in it. So let me ask you a a passing question, but one that you ought to dwell on just a moment here at least. Is his kingdom being built and is he being glorified in what you do? Because humanity spends most of their time building their own kingdom and elevating their own status and their own glory. And again, this prayer, this, this passage, what I love about this last line is it just recenters us and it kind of nails it down and saying, This won't move. This is about His kingdom. And it's made possible through His power. And it's all for the purpose of His glory. And you have got to come into alignment with that to pray the way that Jesus taught us to pray. Very important. Jesus said he was sent for the Father's glory. And then he said the reasons that we do good works here on earth, the reason why what we do is important is so that people will see our good works and then give glory to who? The Father in heaven. It has nothing to do with people saying, wow, I just saw what you did. You're so awesome. But that's a lot of times what motivates us. Jesus said the purpose of this, that people would see your good works. They would see your effort. They would see your passion. And they would see you and they would say, wow, God is glorified in this person. And that person is just a reflection of their creator. That our, the glory would be his. It's not for our glory. It's for his. Lest we get our priorities mixed up. This is a good reminder for us. Lest we forget what this is all about. It's all about him. There's this amazing passage in Romans chapter 11, verse 36. And this is such a a great final verse for this series. I want to let you to look at it with me this morning. It says, for of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. It's all about God. It's all through God, and it's all for God. Amen? Amen. we got to be in the right place. we got to be in the same place here, centered in this prayer, centered in our lives, centered in our focus here. Listen, this is not about us. It's about God. And again, this prayer is not just about the words that come out of our mouth. It's the posture of our heart. That we pray with right motives. That our hearts are aligned with him, with his plans, 
and his purposes. And so as we close this morning, what I'd like to do is we close out this, um, this five-week series. What I'd like to do is I'd like to take a moment. I'd like to summarize the Lord's Prayer. As we've covered it over the last five weeks, as we pull little pieces out from each one of the weeks, so we'd go back to the beginning and we would just say, okay, Lord, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, if we took this prayer out of a box and we let it kind of unfold and expand and breathe, God, what might we pray? What might we pray? And I want to invite you to listen as I read this prayer. And in fact, you may want to just bow your head and just close your eyes, whatever it takes for you to focus so that you're not distracted, that you would hear the Lord's Prayer amplified here. My Father, I thank you for adopting me into your family as your child. I did nothing to deserve it. I didn't earn it. It's just because of your great love for me. You're a good, good, loving Father, and you are filled with love for me and favor towards me. You're enthroned above the heavens and the earth. You're the eternal king over all of creation, and you have absolute authority over everything. Your name is above all things. You are set apart from all that is evil. You're holy, you're righteous, you're good, and you are worthy of all honor and all praise. And God, I invite your kingship to rule in my life. Help me to recognize areas where I've not submitted to your lead. I also pray that you would reign in the world that you created, that your kingdom would come into the hearts of all of your creation. Lord, I'm, I, I confess that I make a lot of plans, but I commit to your way, to your will, to your agenda in my life. And God, I ask that your word would be followed by all people, that your will and your ways would be followed by all of your creation. You made them. And it's your will that they would all come to know you as their father. May your will be done here on earth, just as it is in heaven. Father, in your great love for us, your children, we ask that you would provide us with all the things that we need for life in this world. Everything from the big to the little things, the spiritual to the material things, the eternal to the temporal things. You said that if we would make your kingdom our priority, that you would take care of the rest. And so we're looking to you and we're trusting in you for all of these things. And now, God, I ask that you would forgive me as I forgive others. Thank you for opening my account and removing the debt that I couldn't repay and replacing it with your righteousness that I could never earn. You've offered grace so freely to me, and so I offer it freely to others. I will not make someone earn forgiveness from me. I will offer the same boundless grace that you've extended to me. Lord, I ask that you would help me to honor you in everything I face today. I need your help. I pray that you would lead me so that I won't lead myself into a mess. So that I won't say things I shouldn't say, look at things I shouldn't look at, go places I shouldn't go or do things I shouldn't do. And keep me from the evil one, the one who doesn't want to see me healthy, the one who doesn't want to see me fulfilled, the one who doesn't want to see me filled with joy, the one who wants to lie, deceive, and destroy. God, as I center myself under you, 
I pray that you would cover over me with your protection from the devil. Father, help me to set aside my kingdom. Remember that it's all about your kingdom. Don't let me miss it by trying to walk in my own power. For it's through the power of your Holy Spirit that your kingdom is built. And all mightiness flows from you. Lord, I ask that you would keep me from trying to do it for anyone's glory but your own. Because your glory is the desire of my heart. May I build your kingdom, walk in your power, and do it all for your glory. Amen. I want to encourage you guys. We are, we're through this five-phrase prayer. A prayer that we'll see in just a moment as we pray it together. It takes about 30 seconds to pray, to read, to recite. And yet we miss out on what Jesus actually taught this to be a model. And I want to encourage you, if you're like most people and you struggle with praying for more than two or three minutes, this is an amazing model for you to use, to follow, just as we did here just a moment ago, to take this 30-second outline and turn it into a 10-minute prayer where you pray in accordance with the way that Jesus taught us to pray. It's a powerful model for you, and we're grateful that Jesus taught this prayer for us and for our sake. As we close today, and we close out this sermon series as well, I want to circle back to the very beginning, the very first two words that Jesus taught us when he said, Our Father, and I want us to to center on this for a moment here. God has invited you to join his family. He's invited you in to be a part of his family, and all you have to do is say yes. And I want to encourage you today, if if you've never said yes, or, as we were talking just a few minutes ago, you need to recenter your life. Things have drifted, things have changed, and you need to get recentered with the Lord. If you're here today and you're ready to do that, I want to encourage you to take just a moment and pray with me. If you guys would bow your heads and close your eyes, you can pray this prayer. You can just say, God, I thank you for your great love for me. Jesus, I thank you for teaching me how to pray and making it possible for me to be a part of of God's family. And today, Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins and you would take the lead in my life, that you would take the center of my life. I ask you to give me the strength to follow you from this day forward. And I'm able to pray because of who you are, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, here's what I'd like to ask. Um, As a church family, we believe that one of the things God's called us to do is to pray for one another and encourage one another. And so here's what that looks like for us. If you would take a moment on the back of your connection card, there's a little box that just says yes. And it's a way to communicate to the church that you made that commitment today. We don't post it on a bulletin board or send it out in the e-newsletter. We take it and we pray. We pray over you. And we want to know if there's anything that we can do to encourage you, to support you in this decision that you made. And we want to start this morning by congratulating you. Would you guys join me as we congratulate those who prayed that prayer? (laughs) Greatest life decision you'll ever make. And here's what, I'd, here's what I'd love you to do. If you would take a moment to check that box and put your name on there. In just a few minutes, 
we're gonna have some prayer teams up here. And uh, they're here to pray for any needs that you guys have this morning. But if you check that box, if you prayed that prayer, I wanna encourage you to take the, the card to them and they would love to pray for you today, right away. And if that's a big step for you and, it, and it's tough to do that, it's okay. But as you leave today, at our Welcome Center, there's a little box there. And, and if you drop that card in there, if that's an easier step for you, that's, that's just fine. We just want to be your church family and pray for you and support you. And so I encourage you to do that. We're gonna take a moment here. This could be our last time going through the Lord's Prayer together in a service. Now, here's, here's my encouragement to you. By no means should this be the last time that you pray the Lord's Prayer until you're in your Bible reading and you come through the book of, Mar- of Matthew or the, or the um, or, I'm sorry, the, the book of Luke. Um, this ought to be something, again, that you would incorporate into your regular prayer life that you would say, man, Jesus, thanks for teaching me. I could really use this. And so we're gonna take a moment and we're gonna go through it together and we're going to recite it or we're going to pray it. And here's what I wanna encourage you as we do this. Remember, this is more about your heart than it is about your words. Your heart really needs to be engaged as we go through this prayer together. It's not just reading words off of a screen. It's saying, God, the words that come out of my mouth are a pretty dim representation of what's going on in my heart. But would you receive them? My heart's on fire for you. My heart's directed to you. My heart says, God, this is all about you. Would you use me? Would you forgive me? Would you provide for me? so that I can be about your kingdom. Let's go through this prayer together. It says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.